0: Thank you for joining us for this month's lesson, Five Things Every Leader Needs to Go Through a Storm. I hope that you'll be encouraged by Dr. Purvis as he shares his heart on handling the trials that leaders will face. This lesson will call you to deepen your commitment to your cause through the storms. Let's join him now. And I want to welcome you to Bill Purvis Leadership this month and tell you how glad I am that we have the opportunity to be together now and uh, to give you some information that I think will really make a big difference In your life. Just the other day, I had the privilege of being with about 40 pastors from uh, all over the place, some from Wisconsin, some from Ohio, and down in Florida. We spent the day together, and I really enjoyed the time with those guys and listening to the growth of their churches and the questions they had. And uh, I encourage all of you the most important thing that I believe you can do as a leader is to grow. Now, today, I want to talk to you about something that I really know all of us need to hear. And in fact, Many of you perhaps, especially if you're a pastor, you need to give this tape or get a copy of it and provide it to a lot of your uh, leaders and your friends around you because I'm going to talk to you for a moment today about the five things that every leader needs in his own storms. The five things that every leader needs in his own storms. You know, the fact is that if you're going to be a leader, one of the things you can count on, you can guarantee is that you're going to face some storm, some obstacle, somewhere down the road. The fact is that the moment you proclaim that you want to do something good is the moment that there's going to be opposition and there will be adversity. And all of you, the longer you're in it, the more you realize that that's just going to be par for the course. Now, the problem with leadership is, though, that it's the people around us that oftentimes don't know what to do. They see you as a leader. They want to help you. They stand back and watch you, but they don't quite know what to do. They don't know whether to let you go through it alone or whether to pick up the sword and step in or what to do. So unless they're guided or given instruction or helped, most people will allow you to go through a storm all alone, even though that wasn't what they wanted in their heart. So I want to help you to be able to learn what you need and then to be able to, uh, uh, if you're one of those folks that you say, you know, I'm... I, I see a leader, a friend of mine, who's going through something right now. Perhaps I can give some information or encouragement here to know exactly how to step into their life. So here we go today now. Five things that every leader needs in his storms. We've already understood that leaders are going to face storms. N- number one is this. It's facts. Uh, the first thing that a leader needs if he's going to go through a storm is he needs some clear facts. What's going on around him. And that's why it's very important that you constantly communicate to the leader if you can, uh, this is exactly what the horizon looks like. This is what we're up against. Uh, the problem is a lot of leaders get in trouble or storms come into their organization because nobody's giving them the facts. And as a result of that, they find themselves in a bigger mess than they would have if somebody had come along on the front end and said, I want to make you aware of or keep your eyes open for, or be alert to." And if somehow they were they were privy to the facts in advance. It'd probably be a lot less fallout, and they'd probably appreciate you more. But the first thing along that line is the leader has to see the facts. I love the story in the Bible about Nehemiah. You remember that Nehemiah had this uh, wall to be rebuilt around Jerusalem, and he took on the project, and, and, and we don't have any record or indication that Nehemiah was a great construction man, that he knew what to do, but, but he took on a challenge that was bigger than himself, and he organized it. And he actually saw it completed in only 52 days. But one of the first things that Lehemiah did was he went up one night and he walked around and he observed all these broken walls. He realized that the repair and the, and the um, reconstruction he was going to have to do was going to need uh, someone who first saw what the real problem was. And so Nehemiah began to check the walls. And, and my word to you is this. The first thing you need to do when you go through the storm is you need to look at the facts. Now, if you can look at it and say, you know, I didn't bring this storm myself. Somebody else brought it and laid it in my lap, or, or it's one of those storms that's just par for the course. What I want you to understand is this. The facts, as I think of it here, would be it would be concerning the truth. You know, if truth is on your side, you will sleep well at night. A lot of you will go through what Jesus called false accusation. And some of you go through some things where people will perhaps question emotives, or, uh, or they'll... Uh, They'll come and, and attack you openly or they'll slander you. And what you've got to understand is, is if you've got the facts, you're going to be able to survive. It's when you don't have the facts, when you don't know, when you're not sure, that's when you're already in trouble as a leader. And so I would encourage, if you're going through a, a storm of your own right now or your leader is going through one, if if, uh, if you can, help them to find the facts. Help them to look at that reality and and uh, and observe, this is what has happened this is where we are. Now, let's assess the damage, and let's try to devise some strategies for how to get out. And, and if you're the leader yourself, the first thing I'd tell you to do is get the facts on your side. Ask yourself, why did you make those calls, or why are you doing what you're doing? And if you can look back and say, and ideally, this is the best way, if you can say, going through it again, I would not change one thing. I've gone through a couple of storms in the last few years, and, and i got to be honest with you. I look back at every one of them. I didn't, didn't want them to come. Wish they hadn't have come. Uh, wasn't prepared for them. Some of them I was just totally blindsided by. But I can honestly say, standing here today, that I wouldn't change one way of how I handled any of it. I am totally convinced that I looked at it long enough, stared at it, in some cases almost too long, and made decisions that I will not ever regret having made. I wish that we hadn't have had to make those decisions, but I don't have any doubt that the decision I made was the best concerning all the opportunities and all of the options. And so the first thing, I'm telling you, uh, men and women, it will give to you a tremendous amount of peace if you can get the facts, get the truth on your side, know that you're walking in the truth. And when you do, I'm telling you, it's better than a sleeping pill. Uh, The Bible says this, The man with integrity sleeps securely. And no matter what they throw at you, if your foundation is built on the facts, I promise you, you'll be able to make it through. Now, the second thing I'd say, every leader needs some things in his storm that's going to help him to to get over and to conquer. And so of the five, we said the first is get the facts. Get the truth on your side. See and assess the situation. Number two, this one is more close to home. This is called family support. Uh, one of the things that leaders don't do often is they just don't like to tell other people what they're going through. And a lot of reasons for it is because perhaps they've listened to everybody else's problem and uh, they've heard so many of other people's problems that that they don't want to have to go to somebody else and to uh, and to get their uh, their advice or sympathy or even support because, They just feel it's their job to always be the giver. It's like a father not wanting to go to his children and saying, you help me to figure a way out. The father figures, it's in my lap. I've got to figure the way out. That's what I'm the father for. And leaders always take that same approach. They always say, well, that's that's what they pay me for. That's what they look to me for. That's why they rely on me. So I, I really can't go to others. But I would tell you that if you're a family member, the first thing you ought to do if you're around a leader or if you are a leader and you need it, give the tape to them that I'm giving you today. And if you're a family member, the, you are the one that has the best uh, direction and, uh, and the greatest arm of support for that leader. And so the greatest thing you can do is step into their life. Uh, become a family supported uh, a, a person of the leader. In fact, uh, you know, over in the Middle East, we we recognize a lot of those strong families that go through some of the most difficult things. They have something that we don't have as Americans. They have genuine, deep family support. I mean, the bottom line is that, uh, that mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters, they support each other. They hang in there together. They've got each other's backs. And so I would encourage you, perhaps you're, you're a, a pastor or a leader and you're going through something. Um, you need your wife, you need your kids, you need those around you a husband to step in and say, I want you to know I'm with you. I started the journey with you. I'm not getting off this journey. Doesn't matter what others think or say, I'm with you. And and as you feel the support of family, I promise you get you through. In every one of my storms, I can always tell you, I have never gone through a storm that I didn't have to look. And right close by was a precious wife who all the time, stood there strongly. And I know I wouldn't be the man I'd be today. I know I wouldn't be the leader I am today had it not been for that kind of support. And so that's a God-given gift to you. One of the worst things you can do is alienate yourself from your family during the time that you're going through a storm. So if you're a leader, I encourage you to sit down with your family and share with them how much you value their input in your life and allow them the privilege and the opportunity to show you what they can bring to the table and how they can help you. And so I mentioned to you now, all right, we've got five things that every leader needs in his storm. The first we say are facts. The second is family support. The third is friends. Every leader, when he's going through a storm, needs some friends that rally around. And here's the part where oftentimes uh, leaders won't ask for it. They just never will. Uh, Leaders will never go out and say, hey, will you help me here? Uh, leaders always feel it's their job to go to the friend and help them, but they never feel that that uh, they have the right or that uh, that they should ask a friend for help. And so if you're the friend of a leader, my word to you today is if you see your leader going through a storm, you step in there to them. Recently when I was going through a little difficulty, I will never forget, I got two phone calls uh, on an answering machine. One of them was from a gentleman who I, I think meant well, but the way he said it was, you know, if you'll give me all the facts and let me know the details, uh, you know, I, 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 I'll i try to help you out. Now, to be honest with you, I wondered about his friendship, his his commitment to friendship, if he's got to know everything before he makes his decision. And right after the phone uh, call there, another one came through, and I, I saw and I listened to the voice and I loved how this one said it. This dear friend said on the on the voicemail recorder, he said, just want you to know that nobody's ever going to attack you, not on my watch. That's all he said. And I want to tell you, it meant the world to me. My respect for him was already high, but it went much greater when he used that term, not on my watch. Every one of you leaders need some people like that in your lives. You need some people that say it just won't happen. And they have to be the people that rally around and speak up and stand up. See, David one time went out and he killed a giant. Everybody else was was over here hiding in the, in the tent in the caves. David walked out there and fought that great big giant. David became a hero then, but the danger is oftentimes you can see a leader and you think that leader doesn't need anybody else. You think, hey, let that leader kill all the giants. Let's step back and let the leader do the slaying and we'll do the easy part. I want to tell you, if you want to run with a good leader, one of the best things you better do is learn how to stand with them too. You need to learn how to step up to the plate with them. And so David apparently had some guys in that group, though, that later on down the road, for a long time, he was alone. You read through the Psalms, you'll find that David felt very lonely at times because there was no one killing giants but David. And they relied on David and held on to David's coat. And they watched David kill giants. And they told about what David had done, how David was a great man, a great leader, a great warrior. But the problem was, while they were talking all of that, that David didn't have people around him. He had a lot of them that admired him, but he didn't have a lot of them that would shed blood with him. But then later when David got his own army, David began to reproduce. And in those men, God allowed David to have some men that I think all of us men want to have in our lives. David had some men that went out and they slayed giants themselves. In fact, many of them were called the mighty men. I love reading about it because... Oftentimes they will talk about some great warriors and it'll say, and these guys went out and they killed these and they conquered these. And then it'll say, but these were not his mighty men. By the time the scripture gets to building it up, I'm anxious to read who the mighty men were. I mean, the guys that weren't even classified as mighty men were already getting my respect. And yet the mighty men that surrounded David, those guys put their shoulder to David's shoulder. And they said, your causes are my causes. And you're protecting my family, and I'm going to protect yours. And they stood with David. And, buddy, they didn't mind pulling out a sword and swinging. And the fact is that when David was at his greatest in his kingdom, it was because he had giant killers all around him. Now, what I'm telling you is this. Some of you leaders here today, my hope and prayer for you is that you'll raise up some mighty men around you, that they'll speak up, that they'll say what they want to say, and they won't hide or be ashamed. I was with a gentleman the other day of a great church, and he's not the pastor there. He's a he's a relative of the pastor, and it's one of the, the world's greatest churches. And, uh, and, and I was talking about what the difference was in his church, and I said, hey, you know, that is one awesome church. He said, Bill, let me tell you. He said, our leader is awesome, but our people, he said, you just can't believe how our people protect him. And I said, really? And he gave me a couple of illustrations. He said, let me tell you something. They believe that it's their church and they stand up for it. They're not ashamed of it. Somebody asked the name of their church. He said, they don't wait to see see what hits they're going to get. And they're not always liked. But he said, they immediately said, that's the church I go to and it changed my life. He said, they closed the door real quick to any criticism coming their way. And then one of the things he said that I thought was really funny was he said, "Why our old 80-year-old women, if they heard somebody bad-mouthing their pastor a church in a restaurant, they'd jump over the booth with a pocketbook in their, in their hand and wail him over the head. He said, that's the kind of people we've got. Well, when I thought about what he was doing, I drove away from the time I had with him that afternoon. I couldn't help but think, man, there's a guy who they are accomplishing great things because everybody's on one page with one heart, with one passion, and they're not waiting for the leader to take the shots. He's got a ton of people out there, thousands of them, they stand up and speak up. And so every one of your leaders, they need those things. They need the facts. Stand on the truth that will get you through. You need family support. You need people around you, close to you, that love you and encourage you when you go through your storm. And you will go through storms. That's why I'm telling you, you need to go ahead and build all these infrastructures now. But the third is, as I say to you, they, they need friends. They need people who suddenly step up. It's a different day When the membership or when the organization steps up and decides we're going to be a part of this as well, and this cause is our cause, and this organization is our organization, and we're not going to allow anything to undermine or chisel away or hurt us, we're all in this together. See, the Bible says that along this line, it says that one will put to flight a 1,000, but two will put to flight 10,000. And it means the more you have that stand with you, the more ground you'll be able to take and the more powerful you'll become. And so understand facts and family support and friends are what every leader needs. Let me give you the fourth one. The fourth one is what I call focus. By now you picked up the idea that every one of these start with an F. But focus is the ability not to be distracted. Now, Hardest thing for you in the middle of your storm is to look at all the other things that you should be doing. You may find yourself trying to answer your critics and all that. And I just got to tell you, leaders are going to face some false accusations. Jesus himself did it. And when you're being accused, if you're not careful, you'll get sidetracked. If you try to give an answer to a fool, they're not going to get it. So just don't give it to them. Um, Abraham Lincoln said one time, if he read all of his hate mail, he wouldn't have time to do anything else. And it's true. I mean, if you're going to go, you've got to go to the end without losing focus. Uh, General MacArthur and Winston Churchill both said, we never give our critics the satisfaction of hearing us respond. And the reason is, they said, we, we have too much time doing too many big things to be bogged down swatting gnats. And it's true. It's almost like a fly on a horse's tail You've got to understand, stay focused. You know, when I mentioned Nehemiah earlier, I told you when looking at Nehemiah's life that he went out and saw that challenge. Well, you know, when Nehemiah got into it, all of a sudden from everywhere came opportunities to come down off the wall or to be afraid to build anymore, or they accused his motives and methods and said he was turning against the king. They slandered him at every turn. And all throughout that book of Nehemiah, you're going to find that Nehemiah, has been given everything that can be thrown at him to get him distracted, to get him off focus. I did a whole lesson one time called The uh, the Attraction of Distraction. And it's so easy to do that. And so I want to challenge you. One of the things that you need as a leader is stay focused. You ever watch that movie Karate Kid where Daniel's son was there and old Mr. Miyagi said to him, Daniel's son, best karate still inside you focus Daniel son and what he's saying is is your mind will never be effective if it's geared and going in four different directions Daniel son you got to keep your mind focused and I would encourage you figure out what your priorities and what you're calling and what you're supposed to be doing and do that I know early on in my life when I I used to answer a lot of stuff and try to satisfy a lot of stuff and I I really just wasted energy. It was like the old term is pouring water on a duck's back. It doesn't help some people to give them truth or facts. And sometimes it doesn't help them to even give them the time of day. Uh, The best thing you can do is learn how to not harbor that, not allow that to be in you. And you just simply say, look, I am not going to chase down every innuendo, every insinuation, every misrepresentation. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going on a flea hunt. I'm, I'm going to live my life going full forward on what I'm supposed to do and stay focused. And I can't, I can't tell you enough how to do that. Now, you can focus your prayers. You can give your problems to God. You can give him the storms. You can ask God to resolve it. But, but the truth is, is if you spend too much time looking to the side, you're going to find yourself slowing down. And it won't be any good for you or your organization. So we say the five things that a leader needs. Today. He needs facts. Stand on the truth. He needs family support, he needs friends, he needs focus. The last thing I'll tell you is you need fortitude. By fortitude, I mean you need tenacity. You know, the reason a lot of people fall out and quit and stop and cry and whine and all that is simply because they don't have enough stick to it in them. I want to tell you, you're going to have problems all your life wherever you go. There's going to be storms in your life regardless of where you go and what you do, and they're always going to be there. And what you've got to learn to do is stay determined that you're going to get through it. I love those books that I read all the times about people that when they had the opportunity to quit, they could have quit, but they kept going. You know, you read through their lives and you just see tons of people that they they had the same opportunity. They had fear. They had the, uh, the same kind of things that all of us face, and yet they just kept rising up. I remember watching years ago, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns and Tommy was winning in the fight, but somewhere in one of those rounds, Sugar Ray rose back up one more time and went out and got the win. I think the thing that challenges me the most is this. Those people who do not quit are those people that make it to the finish line. I watched Terry Bradshaw today, and many of our generation don't quite realize he was an outstanding legend in the game of football. They just know that he played some, but they think he's an announcer. Terry Bradshaw had even gotten out of the hospital one time with a 103-degree fever to go out and help him win a game. Terry Bradshaw would play when he'd get knocked down 10 yards and get up spitting out grass, and he'd call the same play again. Terry Bradshaw was a man's man, and the fact is, is we loved him in those days and watched him play because we said, This guy is unstoppable. Wouldn't you like to be recognized as the leader that everything they threw at you, you smiled back? We need like to be known and noticed as a leader that it doesn't matter if they unleash everything in the world, you're still going. And folks, I want to tell you, that's the kind of leader that makes a difference in this world. And so every one of us need that. So my challenge to you is this. Those of you that are around leaders, uh, you help them to gather the facts and you help them to support them. And you help to keep them focused and take their mind off the other distractions. And then you help them to keep going. And you tell them, I'm with you. I'm standing with you in this. And it may not be with the two of us, but we're in this all together. And if you're a leader, you take on those same challenges. And let other people know what you need at the times that you need it. And give them the opportunity to rise up and grow. My hope for you is this. You're going to go through a storm one day, and I know it. And one day you're going to reach around, and perhaps it may not even be now, but you're going to find this CD, and you're going to listen to it, and you're going to say, how do I get through this storm? My hope for you is that when you listen to it, that every word comes off as what you need for that exact moment. I hope it becomes for you one of those lifelines that you say, I got through and I moved the ball and I carried it a little further simply because that was what I needed in my life. I want to tell you, those of you that are listening by way of CD and you want to grow in your leadership, I'm pulling for you. I want to see you win. And so we got to do this together. My hope is that this will be a new day in your life, that you'll pick up and get fresh air that you'll find yourself saying, I'm going to make it one more lap. And I promise you, when you do your part, you'll discover that everything will fall in line and heaven will get behind you as well. I want to pray for you today and pray that God will bless your life as you go through these phases of your life and as you grow in your leadership skill. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone listening. Pray especially for those today that may be watching their leader going through some storm, and they want to step in and help. Help them to rise up. I pray, God, you'll, you'll increase their number. And for those, Lord, that, um, that are leaders going through storms, I pray you'll give them wisdom and encouragement. I pray you'll help them to realize they may be knocked down but not knocked out. And I pray you'll give them, Lord, the gusto, the strength, the energy, and the faith to get up one more time and to do, do what it takes to make the difference in their life. So God, bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, I'm pulling for you. And here at Bill Purpose Leadership, our goal is to see you win. I hope you enjoyed this month's lesson, Five Things Every Leader Needs to Go Through a Storm. We challenge you to apply these principles to your life and develop a strong commitment to the calling that God has placed on your life. This month, we would like to offer you the CD series, Just Between Us, a $40 value for only $29.95. Just Between Us is a family-focused series that helps you take charge of your life and your family. Order today by calling 1-800-474-9235.